So you in turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, we will be reading from verse 35 to verse 41. Mark chapter 4. If you are online with us today, Mark chapter 4, from verse 35 to verse 41. If you have it, say amen. amen. The word of God declares, On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep and on the cushion. And they woke Jesus and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And Jesus awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, we, why are you so afraid? Ask them the question, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? God bless the reading of his word. Now, <laughs> the subject that we are speaking from today is Jesus being sovereign over your storm? Jesus being sovereign over your storm. So, before we, we get into the initial text, I, I, I just need to explain and I just need to look at that word specifically. Sovereign. Christ being sovereign. The sovereignty of Christ. And, and, and I, I have to go back to the beginning in order to paint a picture for us that we may understand the sovereignty of Christ in context of our initial scripture that we read today. So, so these last few weeks we have been speaking about the faith of Abraham numerous times and, and we've seen why Abraham was known or why he's still known in the Jewish culture or the Jewish tradition as the father of faith. However, when it comes to faith, who better to learn from than the one who developed Abraham's faith? Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ himself. Amen. But I said we, I want us just to go to the beginning quickly regarding the sovereignty of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in Genesis chapter 1, Verse 1, the Word of God declares, first verse in the Bible, the Word of God says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In other words, in the beginning, God himself made the heavens and the earth. Now my question to you is this morning, who made the heavens and the earth? God. So who made the heavens and the earth? God. 
Who created the heavens and the earth? May created same thing. God created the heavens and the earth. Then if we look at Genesis 1, now, now we understand that God created the heavens and the earth. If we look at Genesis chapter 1, and I'm going to read through from Genesis chapter 1, from verse 2 up until verse 8, but we're going to go through it systematically quickly. So, so with Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, after God created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says, the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep very important word over the face of the deep and the spirit of god who is the spirit of god we spoke about this in the in the holy spirit series the spirit of god was hovering over the face of the water so it was the holy spirit was hovering over the face of the waters so so the word there i said the face of the deep very important in other words it was an abyss filled with water and therefore the word of god declares that the spirit of god was hovering over the face of the waters so the earth was just filled with water and then in genesis 1 verse 3 then the word of god says and god said let there be light and there was light the reason why God said let there be light is because in verse in verse 2 the word of God says the earth was without form and void and what was on over the face of darkness was over the face of the deep so then God says in Genesis 1 verse 3 let there be light and there was light and then in Genesis 1 verse 4 and God saw that the light was good and god separated very important god did what he separated the light from the darkness so then god separated the light from the darkness and god called the light day and he called the dark night says the lord says the word of the lord and he called the darkness night and there was evening and there was morning the first day so this was the first day and then in verse 6 the word of god says and god said let there be in this is the esv that i'm reading from let there be an expense other translations will say let there be a dome or a firmament let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters of the waters because the waters was on the face of the earth. Uh, it was the deep. So God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. And let it separate, just like with light and darkness. Let it separate the waters from the, from the waters. So it says, let it separate, verse 6 let it separate the waters from the so 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 what separates the waters from the waters it is the firmament that separates in this text the waters from the waters and the word and verse 7 says the word of god says and god made the firmament and separated the waters that were under the firmament from the waters that were above the firmament and it was so 
So now we have waters above the firmament and we have waters beneath the firmament. And the firmament is the dome that covers the earth. And then in Genesis verse, Genesis chapter 1 verse 8, then God called the expense. He called the firmament, what? Heaven. He called it heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And we are going to read further in Genesis 1. Then in verse 9, and God said, let the waters, where? Under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear and it was so <laughs> very very important and god called the dry land what he called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called what seas and god saw that it was good and now we know that God did not only create the heavens and the earth, but God created the ocean that is underneath the heavens, the firmament. Which brings me to John chapter 1 verse 1. And the, word, and the word of God declares, In the beginning was the Word. Capital letter, Word, Logos, Christ. In the beginning was the Word. And the word was with God. We just read about the beginning in Genesis. So in the beginning, the word was with God. And the word was God. So Jesus Christ is God. And then John 1 verse 2 says, He was in the beginning with God. And then verse 3 of John chapter 1 says, very important. All things made, we said made, create, same thing. All things created through him all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made declares john so since the heavens and the earth and the seas were created through jesus we understand that jesus has dominion over the heavens the earth and the seas and so we refer to Jesus Christ as our sovereign Lord. The God who has dominion over the creation. And therefore, when faced with adversity in the book of Acts, the apostles themselves in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 4 verse 24, the, the apostles themselves declared the sovereignty of the Lord Jesus Christ in their prayer when they faced adversity. The word of God says in Acts chapter 4 verse 24, listen to how they prayed. They said, the Bible says, and when they heard it, after having a conversation with the council and the religious leaders, and when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord. In other words, God of dominion, God of authority, God of the heavens and a God who has authority over everything. Sovereign Lord, who they say this after that, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. They understood that his sovereignty is above everything else. 
They just came from a council who told them not to preach the gospel. But the first thing they do in prayer, they declare the dominion of Christ upon the earth. Because they understood that his sovereignty is about is above everything else. And now that we understand that Jesus is sovereign, let us come back to our initial text. We read Mark 4, verse 35 saying, On that day, meaning the same day after Jesus was teaching the people parables, he was teaching them, he was explaining those parables in detail to his apostles as well. And, and, and the Bible says, In that same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them regarding the lake of Galilee, or what they call in Jewish tradition, the Sea of Galilee. He said to them, let us go to the other side, says the New King James Version. The ESV says, let us go across to the other side. So, so Jesus spoke a direct instruction to them. Let us go to the other side. He did not ask them if they want to go to the other side. He did not ask them, would you guys like to go to the other side? He instructed them to go to the other side. You see, what we need to notice about Jesus here in this specific verse is, is, is the same thing that we note when we spoke about Abraham in Romans chapter 4. And remember we said that, that because he's sovereign, he is the Paul says he is the God who calls those things, those things that are not into existence. He calls those things that are not into existence, declared the Apostle Paul. So when Jesus spoke to them here, he says to them, Let us go to the other side. So this was not only instruction, but it was a declaration. Yes. You see, when Jesus says, let us go to the other side, it means you are already there. <laughs> it doesn't matter what comes along the way. If he said, let us go to the other side, you are there. Because he's sovereign and he has dominion over everything. So, so this was not only an instruction, but it was a declaration. And <laughs> just stay with me. You're going to see where we're going with this. And this is where we miss it most of the time. We miss that the instruction is always accompanied with a declaration. So whatever Christ is instructing you to do with your life, there's a declaration upon that instruction that is for your benefit. Amen. So I'm saying to you today, that Jesus did not only ask them to go to the other side. He told them, surely we will ar arrive on the other side. And then in Mark 4, verse 36, the word, the word of God declares, And leaving the crowd, they took with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm. Listen to this. Jesus said to them, let us go to the other side. Let us cross over to the other side. 
So all of a sudden the Bible says a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. You see, following the instruction of Christ, following the instruction of Christ, it's a matter of believing the instruction of Christ. That when he says, let us go to the other side, it doesn't matter what comes, the declaration was made. You see, all of a sudden, they, they encounter what the Bible calls a windstorm. All of a sudden, they encounter a storm in the middle of the journey that was declared by the Christ himself. They encounter a challenge they had not bargained for. Because if Jesus says, let us go to the other side, automatically in my mind, the trip will be smooth sailing. Because his declaration tells me that since he said that, and he calls things that are not as if though they were, that I'm already there, automatically my human logic tells me nothing will go wrong along the way. <laughs> or I will not be challenged along the way. So all of a sudden, a challenge comes that you, 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 did, not end, you did not bargain for. And, and the truth is, challenges rise so quick that we are unprepared to tackle those issues. They, they come suddenly, and most of the time, the first thing we would ask ourselves, why didn't I prepare for this? But the truth about life is there are challenges that, that will come your way that you haven't been, been prepared for. Because they, they, they come quick and they come suddenly. They come upon you as a windstorm that you've never expected. You see, I like the fact that the word states that the waves that came with the windstorm broke into the boat. Because the truth is, have you ever suffered a breaking in your house? The truth is when there's a break-in in your house, it was something most of the time that you didn't expect. Someone violating your space, coming into your property and take your stuff that you work so hard for. And this is the thing about the windstorm breaking into the boat. It just arises so quick and you haven't prepared for it. And it violates your privacy and, and it comes into your space and you have not prepared for that. And you feel like you've lost, you are busy losing everything that you've worked so hard for. The word declares, not only was there, you, you, you know on the ocean, if there's a, a storm on the sea, sometimes boats just move from one side to the other. But, but this one started breaking into the boat. I'm, I'm, I'm saying to you, there will be challenges, even though the Christ said, let us go to the other side and you are guaranteed that you will get there. 
I'm saying to you that there will be challenges in your life that will not only shake your life, yeah. but it will break into the boat. Mm. There will be challenges that you will face that will be harder than those that you've previously faced. Because there's a difference of a boat moving from one place to another and the challenge that breaks into the boat. And when those things happen, you will definitely feel like someone is violating your space. Because we love comfortability. If a boat has to go smooth sailing across the sea, we love cruise boats. And we hate shipwrecks. And that's the natural part of us. But there will be challenges that will break into the boat. And I guarantee you. It comes when you least expect it. Especially the ones that break into the boat. It comes when you least expect it. The word of God says, not only did it break into the boat, but it started filling the boat. And, 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 and these are the three stages of, 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 of challenge. It is a boat that shakes at first when the wind and the storm arise. Because this is where your faith is challenged. And, and, and your foundation is shaken. <laughs> So, so whatever the enemy will do along the way, he will challenge you and start shaking your faith. And then the second part is, he will, he will go so hard in your life, if this boat doesn't want to sink, and he sees the fact that you are shaken doesn't move you, then the next thing you will do, he will start breaking into the boat. And this is where things start happening within your family space in your house and he breaks in <laughs> and then the third thing is when he sees after breaking in he will say now this is my chance to sink the boat because the more water that fills the boat that means the boat will sink you see it is one thing for a challenge to come and go. <laughs> but when it starts breaking in and it starts filling the boat, then you have a challenge. Have you ever seen how they portray a sinking ship? People start doing anything they can. They even take small buckets. Even if the water is so much, even if it's in the ocean, they take small buckets, but the water is too much in order for them to get that water out of the boat. <laughs> And it's a different thing when a challenge just comes and it goes. But when it breaks in and it fills up the boat, it becomes more than a challenge. You, you will try to do anything to get the water out of the boat. <laughs> I'm telling you, there are Christian people who, who've become, who succumb to greed become greedy 
because they tried everything to get the water out of the boat. Because they had to go through a trial and a tribulation financially, the only way they saw out was to grab a bucket and go to a casino. And before they knew it, addicted. And greed governs their lives. You see, when when the water starts breaking into the boat and it starts filling the boat, you start asking questions. <laughs> you start having certain feelings about the situation. You, you, you start asking questions like, am I cursed? Am I, am I talking to real people? Yes. You start asking questions like, am I cursed? Yes. Is there something wrong in my bloodline? Yes. Is there something wrong with my family? What, what is happening here? My children, I've been praying for them. I've been trying everything I could. I've been supporting them and yet they do this. And you start asking the question, am I cursed? It's my family curse. Have I no luck? We start asking those questions. Some questions, some challenges when they break into the boat and they start filling the boat your emotions rise you question and you start feeling a certain way where is this God they told me to go to the other side Mark 4 verse 38 says uh, you know where this God was? <laughs> He was in stern, asleep on the cushion. And, and what did they do? They went to the bottom of the boat and they woke him. And the first thing they asked is the question that you often ask. Do you not care? Do you not care that we are perishing? You see, for years they said in the church, let us see. With Jesus in the boat, I can smile at the storm. Let me tell you, there's no such thing. Because <laughs> the reality is, even with Jesus in the boat, when the storm comes, you are challenged. Yes. And your human nature starts asking the question, do you not care? Hey. <laughs> uh, I'm not talking about artificial gospel. With Jesus in the boat, I can smile at the storm. Don't lie to me. Because when, when, while Jesus is still in my storm, if I go through something, even if I'm a pastor, there, there comes a time when I ask, do you not care? <laughs> See, the apostles proved that song to be unrealistic. Because they themselves saw the great miracles he did in their lives. And they still asked the question, do you not care? That we are perishing. They, they woke Jesus in the boat and they asked him that question. Same question that we that we often ask when we go through things. Do you not care that we are perishing? Christ. Do you not care that I'm sick? Do you not care that I'm tired? 
Do you not care that I am battling depression? Do you not care that I have no money? Do you not care that I have no job, Jason? Do you not care that my marriage is falling apart? Do you not care that my family is suffering under the circumstances? Do you not care that my children are on drugs? Do you not care that we are perished? You said to me, go, let us go to the other side. You, you said it. Let us go to the other side. You promised me good health. Is my soul also prosperous? According to thy word. You promised me that. But I don't want to lie. This battle of sickness that I'm facing, it's something else. It's different. Do you not care that I'm passionate? You see, this is a common question during the challenges that we face. When the storm breaks into the boat and the boat starts sinking. Mark 4 verse 39, the word of God declares, And Jesus awoke. Let me say, just those, those words, just those three words should be the biggest encouragement that you've ever heard in your life. And Jesus awoke. They called upon the name of the Lord and he awoke. The Bible says, And rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. You see, now this part right here is the reason why I started with the sovereignty of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because His dominion over the seas is created allow him to speak over his creation you see the sea had no power over the Jesus that created the sea no power over the Christ and therefore I want to declare to you today that Christ has authority over your windstorm. Christ has authority over your sea. That's raging. His, his omnipotence, his all, he is all powerful. His omnipotence, his power enables him to speak to the sea and to declare peace. And because of that, the good news, the gospel, is that he holds the same authority over whatever challenge you may face today. It doesn't matter what challenge you are facing. Christ holds the final authority over them. And therefore, my my encouragement to you is when you pray, (laughs) 
Pray like the apostles did. Call him sovereign Lord in the midst of your battles. Because when you call him sovereign Lord in the midst of your struggle, you acknowledge that you are above my struggles. You acknowledge that you are above whatever, the sickness or whatever I face. I, I call you the God above that. I call you the God of dominion over my situation. So next time when you pray in the midst of your battle, in fact, when you go home today and you pray for your job or whatever you pray, call him sovereign Lord. Because he has dominion over your frustration. And Mark 4, verse 40, listen to what he, he says to them. After calling those things, that are not into existence. Peace be still. God of authority and creation. After he has done that, he looks at them now. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the storm now. I've given you victory over your battle. This is the next thing he's going to ask you after your breakthrough. He's going to look at you and he's going to ask you, why are you so afraid? <laughs> Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? You see the question, why are you still... Why are you so afraid? Is a direct reference to him asking you, have I not been with you all this time? You face other battles. Have I not been with you all this time? In fact, you've seen me do great miracles, Apostle. You've seen me cast out devils. You've seen me heal the sick. You've seen me cleanse lepers, something that was in Israel, and they thought it could not be cleansed. You saw me do all of those things. Why are you still afraid? You see, you may be afraid of what you are of what you are facing. You may be afraid of your battle, but Christ is not. Yes. Let me ask the next question. I love this one. Faith series. Have you still no faith? Have you still no faith? In other words, by this time. Since you've been walking with me, since you've, since you've seen me cast out devils, since you've seen me heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, since you've seen me do all of those things, since you've seen me provide, since you've seen all of those things, by this time, your faith was already supposed to be increased. Have you still no faith after all of that? You see, the process for strong faith prepares us for moments such as this. Yeah. Where whatever we are facing, that our faith may be so strong that we understand that Christ is suffering over everything that we face. For when, we, when, when our faith is increased, when challenges arise unexpected, we will have a faith strong enough to know that serving Him does not eliminate those challenges. Yes. However, we know 
that since he is sovereign, he is God over those challenges. And that is where our faith needs to move to. Our faith needs to move to from a place where, where we become so unstable during our challenge that we forget about him. And we seek an easy way out. Our faith needs to move from that position to a place where we say, Sovereign Lord, yes. you are the God who created the heavens and the earth and the seas. Let, let me tell you, the first time when I went to the beach, to the ocean, something happened to me. I stood for a few minutes and I just looked at the ocean. And what happened to me on the inside, I said, look at all of this you have created. Surely you are bigger than everything. I couldn't believe my eyes when I looked into the ocean. It had no end. Because God is the God of the heavens, the earth and the seas. And He is the same God who is sovereign over your challenges. And once we develop this kind of faith, we, we start having less fear and more faith. Yes. Mark 4 verse 41, the Word of God declares, they, they, were fear, they were filled with great fear and said to one another, after Jesus had rebuked the storm, and said to one another, who then is this? That even the wind and the sea does what? <laughs> I'm, I'm saying to you today that, that whatever you face has to be obedience and subjected to the authority of God. It has to be, no, not it might, it has to be sickness, everything that you are facing, it has to be subjected to the authority of God. Sovereign Lord. They were in awe at the power of God that they witnessed in a manner they had not seen before. That's another thing that I want to tell you. Your greatest challenges that you face in life will become your greatest revelations of the Christ. They saw a part of him they have never seen in their lives. That they asked the question, Who is this man? <laughs> that even the winds and the sea has to be subjected to his authority. And you will ask that question when he gives you your breakthrough. Not if, when he gives you your breakthrough of your greatest challenge that you are facing. You will say, Who is this man? That even my children who walked away become subjected to his authority. They asked this question Who is this man? And I myself would like to answer them and answer you today through scripture with that question. And the answer is in Psalm. 89 verse 8 to verse 9. The question is, who is this man that the winds and the seas obey him? 
And the psalmist says in Psalm 89 verse 8 to verse 9, O Lord, God of hosts, God of heaven's armies, who is mighty as you are? O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you, listen to this, you rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you sell them. And that's the answer. He is the God, the sovereign God, who calls the sea that rages to be stormed. In conclusion, I want to encourage you by saying, continue to be obedient to His will, continue to serve Him, and continue to walk with Him by faith. Yes.